welcome to episode 125 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I am Brett Nolan of AppAg.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. This week, you are in for a change of perspective as we get lost in space and time and bend it like Shyamalan. How you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. It's a fun week. It's hopefully not as long as that marathon from last week, but hopefully it's just <laughs> as good of an episode. Yeah, we did talk on for a bit last week, but there was a lot to talk about. That's what happens when Disney Plus launches, man. I know, there's so much content to talk about. Unlike Apple TV, but luckily a few new shows are coming soon. And so right now you don't have much to watch. Essentially every Friday they'll launch new episodes of the morning show and for all mankind and C and Dickinson or whatever. I don't even care. I think all Dickinson episodes are out. Pretty much all I'm watching (laughs) is morning show and for all mankind. And every Friday, Mandalorian seems to take priority anyway. Yeah, yeah. I tend to watch all the Disney stuff and then I make it back to watching the Apple TV stuff. And actually, the only one I've really kept up with is the morning show. I need to go back and watch For All Mankind. See, I've given up on. And Dickinson, I could watch it all. It's all there if I want to, but I eh, not really not really feeling it. Yep. And so Servant is coming on November 28th to expand the Apple TV Plus catalog. It comes from Producer and director M. Night Shyamalan. So if you like his type of movies, you now have a half-hour psychological thriller that follows a Philadelphia couple in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. So it's going to begin on Thanksgiving Day. So you can gather around the family and watch creepy things happen as a family <laughs> tears apart. <laughs> it sounds like a fun time. <laughs> yes. Usually it's just politics talk that does that. But yeah, I guess so. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I mean, this is all this is one I'm sure it's going to do well. People are it's the type of thing that's going to be water cooler talk where people are going to be talking about the next day, trying to figure out what's going on, because you know what you're in for. So and you're in for something you don't know. So it's <laughs> uh, yeah, this one I'm excited for. This is definitely one where I will be keeping up as soon as it's released to watch the next episode to avoid spoilers and and such. And he usually does movies that always has a twist. So with a TV show, he can drag that out or do hyper twists within each episode. So we'll see which path he chooses. I'm thinking we're going to see twists per episode uh, with this. I, I really do. I think it's it's cliffhangers at the end of every every episode to keep you coming back for more. So we'll see how that one does. And then Truth Be Told will premiere the following week on December 6th. And this one is with Octavia Spencer and what's his name? Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Paul. I knew it. I wanted to call him Paul something so bad. Okay, Aaron Paul. (laughs) And so essentially the movie or it's just going to be a show based on kind of a podcast coming to life. You know, all those murder mystery podcasts kind of reopening a murderer case and then see that actually is faced with the man who was mistakenly put behind bars. So it's kind of like if Making a Murderer was turned into a TV show where the main guy actually meets the person who investigated it. It's pretty actually compelling. Yeah, depending how well they they execute this, this is a, a, a cool idea. And I kind of like those true crime podcasts. And so it's 
it's neat to see them kind of take that and turn it into a series. And it, this is the kind of stuff I hoped that they would have, like right at launch, more of these unique stories, not the, the typical stuff you'd expect to see or the typical genres or the typical storylines. This unique kind of stories, this is why you would subscribe to one service over another. And I think they need more of this stuff and just crank this stuff out. It just seems like it's coming way too slowly for them to where they didn't start with much let's get it out there and start increasing the uh the content and so both of these are going to launch with three episodes and really apple tv plus they're in a tough spot but if you think of it as for five dollars you get a couple high produced shows a month i it's not going to be competitive to Netflix or something that has a gigantic catalog of thousands of original shows, but it also has its own place. You know, a lot of people sign up for CBS All Access. Star Trek Discovery is really well rated for the streaming services, and so is the new Twilight Zone from Jordan Peele. So if you have stuff... See, those are big name brands. Apple's not going with name brands. Instead, they're going with people. But if you have... Just a couple things that are compelling, people are going to continue to subscribe. So I think they need to just, like you said, try these different ideas that are different than the typical fare and just hope one of them really hits in pop culture mainstream. Like Netflix, it's always going to be known for Stranger Things. That's the one. You know, there's a whole bunch of shows that are actually better than Stranger Things, but to get that pop culture phenomenon around one particular show can set up your entire service. Oh, right. And then earlier on, Netflix had Orange is the New Black, which really got uh-huh. people subscribed. So it, it all it takes is one show that is like a can't miss that you're going to get people to sign up and check out your service. And one of the things that my brother happened to notice was uh, now they used to just allow you to watch the first episode of all these series for free on Apple TV without subscribing, even not even getting a free trial or anything. Now you can actually watch the first two episodes. So I don't know if this is they didn't get enough people signing up. So maybe we've got to give them a little bit more to get them into these shows to really get them to want to continue to subscribe. Or I don't I don't understand the logic behind to give more free stuff away other than that it wasn't taking off the way they wanted it to. And now they got to try to entice people to get hooked on the shows. It does take probably a couple shows to get into the morning show. So I see that one. For All Mankind, if you like that kind of show, I think it just takes the first episode. And for C, I don't think it matters how many episodes they throw at you. So it really is dependent on per show. <laughs> yeah, see, they could have dropped the entire season and people wouldn't even have cared. And then Apple also has a couple upcoming films, and they're very different in the way they're going to be released. The first is Hala. Hala. I don't know. I'm totally oblivious to how I don't know. a 17-year-old Pakistani-American teenager <laughs> is going to pronounce her name. <laughs> but uh, this movie sounds kind of like that Rami show on Hulu, where it's kind of the coming age of a particular religion and cultural identity that isn't necessarily normally represented on TV or in film. So this is just going to be a movie. It's going to release in theaters, and then it's going to come over to Apple TV+. Plus. It's kind of like what Netflix is doing with The Irishman and what Amazon is doing with Honey Boy and various film releases this holiday season. Yeah, they want to be eligible for these for these awards, so they have to do the theater release at some point 
And so oh, first, so that's why they tend to do this. And but I mean, it's I like that they're kind of like what we saw on Disney Plus with the the Marvel heroes, where they're going to people that aren't necessarily represented on TV or in movies and bringing their stories to life and giving them an audience, which I think is a great job for these platforms because this is the type of stuff that would never end up on network television because they're all about views, numbers, and at least with these services, you've paid for the service and now it's kind of, uh, you get to choose what on these things you even want to watch. So they're the perfect outlet for these types of stories and these type of chances of things to be made. So I, I applaud them for going ahead and doing these type of things and trying other things, giving people voices to to have their stories out there. So uh, I, I'm going to check this out. I mean, it, it sounds interesting. It uh, Why not? There's not a lot of content on there anyway, so you might as well try everything that they have and see see what you like. Try everything. That's from Zootopia, which you can watch on Disney Plus. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I do like Hala as the title. That, that is I, much gotta better. Be. It's got to be Hala. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the banker is taking a completely different path. So this movie has good billing and ideas with it that you have Samuel Jackson and Anthony Mackie starring in this particular story. But the problem is the guy that it's based on, he now has potentially damning charges that have surfaced. And so Apple's had to pull it. It was going to premiere at the AFI Film Festival next Thursday in Hollywood, and then it has the also December 6th release. But Apple's kind of put the movie on hiatus, and we'll see if it ever sees the light of day now, because I know they probably spent a bunch of money for this one. Yeah, I mean, the question is, is it something... Like, we don't even know what the, the accusations are, specifically. So is it something where they're going to retool the movie to not really kind of celebrate the character or is this integral to the plot of the story that they really can't make changes they kind of have to wait till things die down the heat dies down uh on whatever happened and then kind of release it later the biggest problem is they don't have a lot and this was a huge tentpole from the put out there uh to get people to subscribe to the service and want to stay to see this movie. And now it's kind of being held off indefinitely for until whenever it's safe to release it. So I don't know. You always hate when things like this happen. And it seems to happen at least every season on, on TV, some major horrific event happens and now they can't release a certain episode of a, a TV show because they're worried about copycat crimes or, or something. And so whatever this situation is, we don't know the details, but hopefully it's not as bad as Apple and Apple just kind of playing it safe. But uh, I guess we'll see if this ever comes out. Yeah, the only details we have is that recently uncovered and potentially damning charges surfaced by a fellow or a family member. That's all the detail they could possibly get into. So if you want to speculate, it's only going to rise bad things. But the movie is positioning Bernard Garrett and Joe Morris in a positive light and how they were able to create a plan to help African-Americans get access to real estate deals and bank loans during the 1960s. So if they're putting this character in a positive light, you don't want bad things about him. Like, you have the morning show, like we were talking about beforehand, based on Matt Lauer. They're putting Steve Carell's character in a negative light, so it doesn't really matter 
if Matt, if, uh, Matt Lauer's in negative light, you know. But if you have a character positioned in a positive light, you can't have negative stuff about them. Right, right. I, I mean, but then you go to the all news is is good news. So who knows? Like, or, or all publicity is good publicity. So I have a feeling this is still going to come out. They're just trying to see how bad things are before they release it. They really you have no choice. Revise the narrative too at the end and put that little. This person went on to do horrible things, right? In <laughs> True. That yeah, I, little yeah. sub story. <laughs> yeah, so, the, uh, the, yeah. I mean, but who's going to stay to watch that? I guess is the question. I don't know. People watch things about murderers all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they watch stuff about all kinds of horrible people. True. Like, uh, there's a whole new uh, Lacey Peterson murder by Scott Peterson on Hulu that just aired. So <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. People are obsessed. But that's Apple's schedule. And if you noticed, it was not a very long list in addition to the very small catalog. Because, again, when you compare it to Disney Plus, Disney has a handful of shows. You know, there's Encore and High School Musical and Mandalorian and the Marvel stories and the Imagineering story. And then they're like, go watch all of our old stuff. Apple's like, here's morning show for all mankind, Dickinson and C, and we have nothing else. And that's the big distinction. Right. Yeah. And because you have so little and they're they're such different genres for everything, odds are you're not going to have someone liking every single minimal thing you have there. They're going to like one or two of those shows and that's it. So, yeah. It's it makes it that much tougher to to retain people if you just don't have the content. Yep, and so Apple's also making subtle news, and I don't know how big this is actually going to be, but they're hosting a special event on December second dedicated to the App Store and digital content. And it seems like Apple always does a year end celebration of the various things you can get on iTunes, and this feels like they're just going to do a special event to announce it rather than just here's a list we put on our website they're going to have a whole award ceremony around it yeah and it's going to actually be in new york city uh it, but the thing is I, the thing that always annoys me about their best of is they do it like early december and it's you have a whole another month of the year for stuff to come out and you kind of just ignore anything else that comes out in december when you make these picks so they're choosing really early for the best of the year when there's a lot more stuff coming out. I know we haven't really been covering a lot of the non-Apple Arcade releases on here, but there's still a constant flow of new games and apps coming out every single week. And I remember last year we were talking about, well, it's always Apple releases their most, or developers release their best stuff at the end of the year those last three weeks of the app store are the best releases so i know a lot of our best picks that ended up on our list came out in those last three weeks before the itunes freeze right around christmas so it's a really interesting decision by apple and i wonder how many of the games they pick are actually going to end up being on apple arcade this year yeah yeah i i i'm yeah, I'm curious. That is that is a good question. I didn't think of it that. They kind of want to probably promote their service, but then again, they got to also... Uh, well, I guess they have non-games they can always promote. That that won't be on Apple Arcade, but uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what percentage of their top picks are on Apple Arcade versus just standalone releases. 
Especially because from my perspective, some of the best releases of the years have been on Apple Arcade. Just, you know, I'm not biased trying to promote Apple Arcade. It's just a statement of fact. There's some amazing games on Apple Arcade and a lot of stuff that's been released on the App Store this year. I'm not going to pick Mario Kart Tour as one of my top games. No? I, Dr. Mario, then. It's Dr. Mario. That's what you don't <laughs> yeah. want. Yeah. You got me. Oh, I did. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's some good stuff. Just like that Pokemon Rush game or whatever. Oh, that! Oh my gosh, I forgot about that horrible thing. <laughs> or there was that Disney battle game. There's been some real standouts this year. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and so, again, December 2nd, all the way live from New York City, because it's all big time. And then I guess they're going to ho- highlight podcasts, and I don't know if we're up for... A nomination, but hopefully... Hopefully, yeah. Maybe a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the invite for the event. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did I was going to ask you if you got it. So I don't have to, so I don't have to wake up so... Uh, so I can, I, I can wake up at my normal time and I don't have to uh, wait till midday in order to, uh, to celebrate. They wanted to do New York time for me, I think. Yeah. Are they broadcasting it? I don't know. So one of the things I read was they they were really quietly trying to even announce this. And then someone leaked the fact that they got invited to it and leaked it on Twitter. Otherwise, it was supposed to kind of be quiet. So I don't know. I, I would assume they're going to stream it, but who knows? Yep. And so that's pretty much the Apple news of the week. Stay tuned to December 2nd. We'll see the great Apple picks they come up with. And before we move on to Apple Arcade, since we've already mentioned it a couple times, I did want to just mention one piece about Apple TV Plus, and that the creators, the producers of the morning show, they asked him about the negative reviews that they've been getting. And the one person said, when those reviews came in, I didn't know what show they were watching, and I just kind of thought they were nuts. (laughs) (laughs) So I just felt there with a lot of Apple haters and wanting Apple to fail. And honestly... Her saying it, of course, is going to have people double down on their negative reviews. But from my perspective, I definitely agree. Morning Show is outstanding for me. I'm loving it. It's really well created, well produced. It's one of the top tier streaming shows I've seen. And to have all these people come out that it's a mismatch of crap that they'd never watch. And this is like this horrible, utter atrociousness. It's an offense to filmmaking or TV show writing. Come on. So I definitely do agree with the hyperbole people have gone after the show attacking it negatively, that it fits into that whole Apple sucks, Apple shouldn't be doing this, we told you that Apple TV Plus is going to suck and here's proof. So I I don't disagree with that narrative they're trying to build. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a a subset of those people reviewing it that definitely are just doing it to try to take down Apple. But I, I, as I said, when we talked about it originally, I didn't really care for the first episode, but the show has definitely grown on me. And it is one that I do watch as soon as the new episodes come out. I, I have been keeping up with it. Uh, so it is a, a, a well-made, I, I still feel like they haven't done enough with Steve Carell in it. I feel like he's building it, but he really hardly shows up in it so far I, i'm assuming that's going to change after seeing the latest episode but uh we'll see uh, i'm hoping because he is one of the top build casts that they do more with the character i i, I understand they got to build things up but um we'll see one item that i do like to mention this is kind of 
the entire movie industry in itself and how out of touch movie reviewers are, the like actual trained people who write for resources versus people who are fans. And also the idea that everyone's a movie reviewer now because it's so easy to access it. That's a problem with our society for sure. I'm not going to jump onto that or dive into that idea, but 63% of reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, quote unquote professionals, gave it a favorable score. Audiences, 95%. So I don't know how out of touch which one is, but it seems like regular people seem to like this show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Apple Arcade, guess what? We got some more Apple Arcade games because they keep launching. So we're going to talk about a couple new ones and a couple that were actual launch titles. The first one came out in the past week. It's called Discolored. And this is a 3D point and click adventure game stylized after the classics but with a whole new idea as you dive into the game it's a first person perspective and you'll be right at home if you've played games like the room or the witness or all these various ios games where you interact with the environment you pick up items they drop into your menu bar and then you get to get those items and use them into other places in the environment in this case you dive into this kind of 50s diner out in a desert desolate area and everything's black and white scale and you have to complete the puzzles to find color pieces to bring color back to the world. And you do it one color at a time. You know, you start out, you find green, then you find blue, and it starts to bring the entire world to life as you just solve these puzzles of picking pieces and interacting later on in different areas. But it's all focused on this diner setting. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird, weird game. Like they just drop you into things and you don't really even know what you're doing at first. And then all of a sudden you kind of walk through this painting and you're in this weird fifties diner world. And it feels almost like you, you wonder if the, it, there's no one else around. So you start to wonder, is it like uh, aliens took everyone? It, it, I don't know. It's this creepy vibe <laughs> over the whole game. But like you said, it's all this first person. So you're moving around and you're trying to solve puzzles and eventually you start to unlock these colors. And by triggering the color now other things that maybe you saw before they now take on a new aspect so something you couldn't see before because it was all in black and white now you can see something that is in that color that you enabled so now you have access to other things other puzzles to solve and other items to pick up that you then now have to figure out what to do with these and so it gets I would say it started off a little slow just because it is so confusing. But then as you start to delve into it and unlock different colors and the puzzles start growing on on as you go through, I really kind of I really got into this. I'm kind of stuck at one point right now, but I do like the whole idea of it in the puzzle layer. It's more the controls feel a little clunky to me. Yeah, the the one I noticed most with the controls is you scroll to an item and it creates a little triangle when you can interact with it. And you'd think you could just tap anywhere, but you have to specifically tap on the triangle. So I'm playing on the iPad and I usually have my two thumbs on the bottom quarter of the screen. And so you have to shift your one hand around to then tap specifically where you're aimed because usually your aiming point is at the center of the screen. And it just... It becomes tedious as you start trying to interact with everything. 
And then also the whole menu system to get it right. Like you need to put the hook onto the well and then you need to put the bucket on the hook. And it's like you have to overlay them very precisely in the right order of tapping. Otherwise, it's going to jump back up into your menu system. Or then there's other areas where you're just trying to open the drawer and pick the item out of it. And you can't really tell if you can interact with it and pick it out or the drawer's just closing. That kind of thing. Yeah, that is the exact problem I had. And <laughs> the weird thing is, moving that little triangle or the object that you're trying to do, it's almost like a mouse pointer where you're moving it around and putting mm -hmm. it on top of the thing you want to interact with. So it makes perfect sense. You should then just be able to tap anywhere on the screen once it's where you want to do it. And that way you don't need to move your hands because now I have this giant 12.9 inch iPad. It is a pain to like move my hand over and tap in the center of the screen it just takes you out of it. And I think they could alleviate so much of this if they just let you just tap anywhere, even within a certain corner of the screen. It would be more useful than having to reach your hand over and tap exactly where that thing is. I don't know if it's if they tried this and it was people were just accidentally triggering things by accident or if they if they never even thought of this. But I don't see why it would be too difficult to implement but i think that would go a long way to improving the the user the ui of the of the game but uh and like you said with the uh combining of items and then sometimes items will stay as your pointer other times if you use it the wrong way it'll just go and disappear it there's no consistency there i wish it would kind of just stay until you switched items again but because then you have to go pick it up again and you're like did i do something wrong or did i couldn't use it there but now can i use it here and then it disappears again now you go back to the menu get it out again so yeah it, it, there's some usability issues there but i i think it, they could go and improve this this developer put out three titles on apple arcade now i think at this point so i don't know if some of this stuff was just trying to get the all the titles out in time and they kind of had to some things dropped on the floor but now is the time to go back and add some updates and fix the these little things and part of the problem is the game itself is relatively challenging it's not always obvious what you need to do like you said they kind of just throw you in and as you're going, I found myself being stumped a couple different times. And that was right in the early outset of getting the first couple of colors. I can't imagine how difficult it gets as you go. But to couple that with a tedious UI, it really discourages you to want to keep going through the game, despite how well everything else is produced and how intriguing the story is plus the gameplay and the puzzles are. Yeah, yeah. I think, unfortunately, I think people are going to, especially where it's Apple Arcade and you, you've already paid your price, you can move on to something nice and easily uh, without worrying about, oh, well, I paid for that. No, you can move on to something else. I, I'm afraid with the UI issues that both of us complained about that other people are going to see this too and, and with the difficulty of the game and just pass on it and move on. And I, I think that's a shame because this is an, a, a nice game. It just struggles a bit with those controls. and. Hopefully, we'll see an update soon to fix it. Yeah, and I want to recommend it. Again, it's part of Applecade, so that you can check it out for free. But as it stands, I think it's more frustrating than fun, and there's too many other alternative choices, despite how well it's produced and how promising it looks when you watch the trailer, looking at the screenshots, and reading the description.
Yeah, I, I, this one I'm still, well, if I can get my game center to come back. Uh, so there was an update to iOS this week that uh, blew up game center on iPad OS. So I can't even log in. And as a side effect of that, it my save game is tied to my game center account, I guess. And so if I go on my phone, I can see my game save, but I can't see it on the game uh, within my iPad, which is really where I wanted to play. And so uh, I can't continue on where I left off unless I move over to the phone. So, But otherwise, I would have probably struggled through it because I I really have been entertained by it. It's just, yeah, the controls are frustrating, but I think you should give it a try, but just know going in that there is some frustration with the controls. Yep, I, I definitely agree with that. Maybe it's too harsh of a judgment. I just... I think I'm going to spend my time playing Jenny LeClue and finish that story <laughs> rather than struggle with Discolored. Because yeah. Discolored wasn't quite good enough to deal, to put up with the controls for me. Like, if it was better puzzle and gameplay-wise and flowing narrative, I would be like, I don't even care about the controls. This game is so damn good, you just should play it. It doesn't get to that damn good. See, to me, I judge it now at this point where... Would I have quit this game if I wasn't doing the podcast? And this one, <laughs> I actually wanted to continue playing. I think when you unlock another color, then you feel like there's a whole new world of puzzles that you've now a just whole unlocked. New world. Yeah, 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 I wasn't even trying. Uh, but <laughs> I think every time you do something like that, then you know there's a bunch more that you think you can do, that you're supposed to be able to do. And it just kept driving me forward. And this one, Unlike other titles we have this week, uh, uh, I was I wanted to play more. It wasn't that I felt like I needed to to have enough coverage to be able to talk about the game. Yeah, I I can see that. So that's discolored, and then we will tell you if there is an update that improves the usability of the game down the road. Because once you subscribe to Apple Arcade, you can come back to this game later. Yep. And so next up is Down in Bermuda. And so this was an actual launch title that comes from the makers of Agent A, right? Yep. Yak and Co. And so they have a great pedigree because that game is absolutely outstanding. So you have high hopes. You're like, okay, this is promising, good developer. Let's dive in and see what this is about. And so it's a puzzle adventure game. It's not quite point and click because it's more, it's kind of more hidden object game matched with adventure where your goal in each given level is to find these little glowing orbs. And once you find all of them, you can move on to the next level. There's also three or four overarching, like big gold orbs to find kind of have you piece everything together and it's reminiscent of uh kind of almost like a where's waldo book or one of those uh richard scary books those kind of all the different pieces that go together as you try to interact you figure this piece over here and then that unlocks this sequence over here so you have a whole new area to kind of explore and it's all these little interactive pieces but there's no real complexity or puzzle. Like I said, the discolored kind of stumped me at times. There's not one time or instance that I was stumped, stumbled or anything. You're kind of just going through the motions in this really simplistic, straightforward game. Like, I don't know if it's specifically made for kids under five or what have <laughs> you, but this is super easy. But even as easy as it is, they somehow messed up the one of the most basic control schemes of iOS, oh, yeah. which is pinch to zoom, and two-finger rotation. So we're going to talk about another game that nails it. But if you've ever used 
maps or photos or any stock apps on iOS for the past 10 years, you know that you pinch the zoom real easy, you grab two fingers and you spin things around 360 degrees. It's super fluid. It's like it's live right under your fingers. This game, for some reason, has a slider on the right hand of the screen to zoom in and out. And then when you rotate with two fingers, it somehow changes rotation, mid-rotation. Like, I'm spinning left, and then all of a sudden it goes back right. You're like, what is going on, game? I'm just trying to change the angle, and it just fights with you no matter what you do. Or say you turn the screen left, so you expect the camera to rotate left. Now, all of a sudden, it starts rotating right or vice versa. It's amazing how bad and messed up they did one of the most basic control schemes of iOS. Yeah, so like you, Yak and Co, Agent A, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be so good. This is like this one I was so excited for before launch. And then now finally I got around to playing it and trying it out. And yeah, those controls are brutal. Like the and plus half the time it'll un it'll you'll be zoomed out. So you try to zoom out as much as you can because these maps are pretty big and just trying to get over to another area of the map is painful because it scrolls slow slowly as you're dragging it. And so you try to pan out as far as you can, and then all of a sudden it'll reset the 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 scroll the the zoom on you. And you're like, zoom back in. I'm like, I don't want to be zoomed back in. I zoomed down on purpose. And then, yeah, the whole, why we don't just use the, the, the controls everyone's used to. And it should just fluidly move. Like, you should be able to get this thing to move so well. And it just was painful to interact with. And then as far as the actual gameplay goes, the finding of those little white orbs or pearls or whatever they were... It was a no, it wasn't even fun. Like you're just going around, going through the motions, and that's the only part you struggled with because you you spent so much time just trying to drag the screen around to get to another section that you're like, did I already look in this section? I don't even remember. It all looks the same to me now at this point. And then you're tapping on things, dragging things till you finally find all of these. And even I think even they gave up at some points because there's like three of them <laughs> in one spot. You're like, yeah, they got sick of just hiding these things. They just threw a whole pile here. They're like, let's just get it over with and move on to the next level. And like, so now you get a whole bunch of them. Hopefully you can finally get them all because then you can move on to the next thing. And I, this was such a disappointment for me. I like was so looking forward to it. And it just even like the puzzle box aspects of it, those those little puzzles where you tapped on things, move things, they were so straightforward. There was never any confusion of what you need to do. You just kind of quickly did them. Maybe had to rotate around to tap on a few more little spots or drag out spots, but it was never like trying to puzzle through things. It was more like, oh, I see there's all these buttons. I must need to tap them all. Or I see there's something that looks like I can pull it out. I must need to pull it out. So there's like, it was all, I'd like you, I felt like this was made for kids. It didn't seem like it was really done for adults, even though the storyline probably could have been more for adults. It just, I I don't know. This was, after waiting so long for another game from these guys, it was a real, a, a real disappointment. Yeah, the actual interactive items in the world, those controls, that's pretty well done. But since they're all 3D objects, you always have to spin to rotate to access them, and that's where you always get tripped up. Yeah, yeah, it it just it felt like it dragged. Like, and I'm on like 
Apple's best iPad doing this. This should move fast. There should be no lag or anything. It just felt like it was just dragging as you went to rotate or move. Like it didn't feel fluid at all. Yep. So definitely disappointing just because of what could have been and the pedigree. And really, it's not like they're. They tried to reinvent the wheel or something. Again, it's one of the most core concepts on iOS. It's a stock control thing the whole pinch to zoom and rotate it's in every app it's it's one of the most basic things you can put in and to mess that up it's amazing yeah yeah and then there's possessions which actually does use pinch to zoom and rotation and it works really well they have this whole 3d object manipulation system so this game it's published by noodle cake and it's reminiscent kind of of shadowmatic where you have to rotate the camera and the perspective to get things in the proper possession So you have a room, and there's just a lamp floating in the middle of the room. You need to change the camera angle so it looks like that lamp is on ground floor, tucked away in the corner. And it's really effortless to rotate the camera and move it exactly and precisely as you want. And you go, and now you have multiple objects you need to place in a given room. So you place one, rotate it back, and place another. And it's really fluid, effortless to control, but this one... It's probably as simplistic as down in Bermuda. That's its problem <laughs> that it's like, yeah, I know how to move cameras around and change perspective. It it doesn't really ever kind of challenge you. No, it, it that was my biggest problem. Like the controls, they nailed them. Like it moves fluidly. Everything worked perfectly. They're even kind of forgiving when you're lining things up and will give it to you, even if you're a little bit off. There's like these this mm-hmm. cool almost like cold, cold, hot, hot, hot kind of thing where these three stars light up as you're getting close to the objects you need to line up. Sometimes you even line up the wrong thing by accident and they're like, oh, I guess I lined something else up. And then then you, you get one for free. Uh the, all that worked so well, but it, the game was just too repetitive. Like, they never added new elements. You just keep going through, and I played through the whole thing. You just keep going through, and they add more things you got to put together, but it's never anything different than that. It's always the same thing. It annoyed me, but then again, it kind of had added a little bit of a puzzle element to it where it would force you to do... Uh, certain objects in certain order to get them like out of the way of other objects. So if something was physically in front of another thing blocking your crystal clear view of it, you couldn't use that object that was in the back. You couldn't line up and merge it with something else until you cleared out the one in front of it so that you had a clear point of view when you're matching thing these things up. So you had to think about like an order of operations of where to move things in order to get rid of the closest things first, which I thought, in the end, I I kind of enjoyed that because it did add that extra element to it, but there was a story element that played through the game, too, and I fa- I didn't really like the animation style of it, and I found the story kind of confusing. You see, like, this couple start with this very small apartment, then she gets pregnant and he seems upset about it, or he seems happy, but then upset. Then he seems to work a lot, ignore the kid. Then I thought they were divorced, because he disappeared. But I don't think he was. I think he was still in the house, and just overcome by all the possessions in the house. So I don't even know if I got the story right, but it was 
I, I don't know. It felt like it was. I just wanted to skip through it, and there was no skip option because I just wanted to get to the next puzzle. I didn't really care about the story. They never really got me into. It. I know it's supposed to be emotional, but I guess I'm uh, cold-hearted or something when it comes to this. But I, I don't know. The story just felt like it didn't really add much to it. I would have preferred that they did something different with the puzzles to change them up. Yeah. Because everything else is done so well. The graphic, the 3D graphic quality, the control scheme, but that gameplay just doesn't go anywhere. And then that story, that's just, aren't, a part of me just wants them to make it level to level and have no story or go all in on the story. This kind of like murky, half-assed story just wasn't cutting it. <laughs> you, well, and you would go, it was kind of, it didn't, consistently happen either you'd go a long time with no story and then there'd be some story and then there'd be a short time and more story and a short time and more story or it wasn't like evenly spaced out i wish it was more at the end of a certain number of levels you got a story element and it didn't seem to tie all that much into what you were putting together you kind of saw this story but those objects didn't necessarily weren't the objects you were putting back together and they just seemed disjointed. It almost seemed like they had this puzzle idea. They came up with a whole bunch of levels for that, and they're like, we need something to tie this all together. Let's put these story elements in there, too. And it also extends out the length of the game. So we did that. There is a whole another AR element where you can play in AR. I couldn't get it to work on the iPad to actually find a spot where I could set this up. And so I didn't try that. I don't know if you had actually tried that or not. No. It, there was an X when I loaded the game on the AR. Oh, button, yeah, you had to so complete the entire game before you get the AR section. Oh, okay, so, yeah, I haven't done that. I haven't reached that point because I couldn't keep going through this game. <laughs> this was one where I, I was sort of compelled to see more puzzle because I, I was hoping something new would come. And then at that point, I figured I just had to finish it so I could at least try the AR. Uh, and then I, I didn't, uh, I couldn't even get it to really work on there. I haven't tried it on the phone. So that's Possessions. It's available on the Apple Arcade. It was a launch title, and there's a reason we're talking about it here all Months these weeks later, after yeah. launch. <laughs> <laughs> and then to round out the week is Sociable Soccer, which just launched with Discolored same week. And I know we talked about ballistic baseball and how much it sucked. So <laughs> when we have a new sports game, you're like, man, I wonder if this is going to be like ballistic baseball. And it turns out this isn't. This is a pretty damn good soccer game. It's not like a f realistic simulation, but it's not full on arcade. It kind of blends that line really well to make for these fast-paced, flurry versions of a soccer game where you get the ball up and down the field really quick. You get very multiple shots on goal. It's really effortless to control, to dribble, to pass, to shoot, to tackle opponents all that good stuff so it gets you right into the game it kind of bogs down with everything else they're like let's throw in every single stupid feature that fifa has for no apparent reason at all like fifa is bloated for no apparent reason especially on mobile and to copy some of the stupid card-based features and upgrading cards and all that the reason those are included in fifa is for in-app purchases and buying currency and all that stuff it's not a great feature. It's to make money. So when you have an Apple Arcade version without in-app purchases or any of that stuff, 
strip out the crap that doesn't need to be there that just bogs down the game and tries for consumables. To shoehorn it into this game kind of distracts you from the core scale of the game. And I don't know why they decide to focus on using real team names from around the world and all the, I, it doesn't really matter. The gameplay is what matters. You want a fast-paced, fluid soccer game, that's what sociable soccer does. But then they want to drag you down with these card upgrade systems and you have players that are ranked 40. It's like, I don't want a player who's 40 overall out of 100. I just want a good team and play against a fellow good team. I don't want to suck because my players suck and take 10 years to upgrade the cards. I have no idea what they were doing in designing this game. It's like they made it fully. And then Apple's like, hey, why don't you put this on Apple Arcade? And they're like, crap, we already made it like super in-app purchase heavy. And all they did was take out the in-app purchases and left everything else. I will bet you money that's exactly what happened. Because this comes (laughs) from the developer of uh, – or the – creator designer of sensible soccer which i don't i think i played it before i know it's a popular uh game series and i'm betting that apple saw them developing this more mobile friendly version of soccer because it's everything you said it's this great much shorter easy to hop in start playing right away you don't need to know a whole ton of controls and it just works granted i tend to overkick my kicks at goal every single time and i'm much better at chipping things in but it is so easy to just jump in and play but you immediately see all that free like in-app purchase crap in there that's obvious this game was originally designed to be a free-to-play game and they were going to make their money selling card packs to get new players or player upgrades it's all in there. They left it all in there, but you're not you're you're not spending real money on these card packs. And so I bet they saw them developing this game and they said, "We want to have this IP on in all to ourselves." So we're going to get you to make this an Apple Arcade and we're going to be the only ones who have this game on mobile and we're going to and we don't care just to make it so that those are optional that you don't have to buy those packs and there you go and we're good it's in our program so i have no doubt that that's what happened because it is so set up to be a free to play game that it's not even funny like you see all those cards and that's all you think immediately when you come in and you're like thankfully you don't even have to deal with any of that crap. All I've been doing is just take what they give me, and then I just continue to play with the same players. They get more experience as I play, and that's good enough for me. I, it's not the type of thing that I'm that into it where I care about getting certain players or upgrading all these players. I just want to get in, have a little fun, and be done. Like I don't care about leveling up and all that. Yeah, and even the manager mode. The manager mode, it seems like it would be more appealing in other sports. Because soccer, it's such a fluid pace to it. I don't know how influential a manager is in the course of a match. You know, you're not going to be calling complex plays with 32 minutes to go in the game. It It's a lot of player substitution, but you don't really... I don't know, it's... It's weird to have a manager mode in soccer. Like, I know there's people who are super football fans who will tell me it's a beautiful (laughs) game and all this stuff, but it's not as detailed and complex as American football in the complex schemes you have to call on the various plays. It's more fluid. It's more like basketball. Again, coaching basketball is more 
pregame scheming that it is specific play calling and fluidity through the actual course of the game. So manager mode seems weird, but that's a lot of emphasis of this game, especially because it's called sociable soccer. So it has this whole sociable complex. And I don't even care about that aspect of it because it's a heavy emphasis on the manager mode of it. Yeah, I didn't even touch the manager mode. I I honestly thought that was just if I didn't want to play a match that I they would just auto play it for me is all I thought it was. I didn't even try it because that's what I thought it was. Uh, I did see there was an option where you can play locally head to head offline two players but each person needs actual physical controller so it's not like you're sitting around one ipad playing each half of the screen this is all done with physical controllers i haven't tried that out yet um i'm curious because my daughter's super into soccer that maybe maybe i'll give that a go with her but uh yeah the to me like it seems like I almost wish they would just strip out all of this free-to-play crap. It's probably so integrated into everything at this point that it's not really worth it. The only thing I found a little odd about the game, well, tough to nail down exactly what was happening, was it seemed like the fouling it was like hit or miss. Like You never knew what was going to happen. You're constantly just trying to steal the ball away from the other players, and half the time you get away with it, the other quarter, well, the other, I would say, 49% of the time, you might get a yellow card. And then every once in a while, the red card comes out. And then, but it just seemed so random because I'd be doing the exact same thing. And I didn't know if I was going to get called or not. Yeah, the tackling I kind of just avoided because it never seemed to really help things out. So I just went and ran up to people and more often than not, you win the ball in those 50-50 just running over guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Because usually what happened, if you try to tackle the ball out, usually you end up just kicking it forward, and then it went right to one of their other players. So yeah. it didn't really help you at all. The one part I couldn't get down was heading in goals. Like, I'm the kind of person who likes to dribble down the right or left side, chip it to the center, and have a guy try to head it in. And it's really tough to pull that off. It, it's possible, but there's many other soccer games that do that particular aspect really well. Everything else, though, in the gameplay is done extremely well to move and pass and line up your shots and make it quickly accessible. Again, like we've said multiple times, it's the 90-minute match, but the timer makes it almost like a minute is, I think, 5 or 10 seconds. So these go, it's like a 5-minute game. Yeah, and you can play the full 90-minute match. Yeah. So, really, excellent soccer gameplay. Everything else, ignore it, and you have a good soccer game. Yeah, yeah. I would just ignore all the other stuff, choose your team, team when you start, and then just deal with what you've been given. Yep. So that's sociable soccer. And then I think that's everything for episode 125. Yeah, that's all I got. To everyone listening, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AppAdvice and at AppAddictNet for updates throughout the week. And to everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.